Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter, and welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show. And this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with the Constitution, liberty, freedom, and really just, frankly, the best way to live your life. And uh, I also want to say that we are the voice for Virginia right now. And uh, I'm continuing on my with my series of interviewing candidates for the Virginia State House. As many of you know, the election is coming up here in November. November 7th is Election Day. However, early voting is going to be September 22nd. And, uh, you know, because we don't have Election Day anymore, we have election season for some reason. That's one of the things I'm going to address when I get elected to the Virginia State Senate in the 33rd District. But I also want to bring to you today my good friend Max Fisher, who's running for the State House, the House of Delegates, in District Eight, And Max is a guy that I've met out here on the campaign trail, a lot of different Republican meetings in Northern Virginia. Great guy. And uh, he's got a great story. And we're going to get to meet uh, Max, get to hear what he's all about, why he's running and what he plans to do for Virginia. Because uh, we actually listen, folks. We are in the midst of very, very unique times. We are watching our country just fall apart. And uh, who knows what's going to happen here in the future. But we do need leadership at every level of government. And I think COVID showed us that. I mean, after all, who knew that the, the school board had so much power? But they do. And uh, But all the, all the races are important. All the elections are important. And we have to motivate people to get out and vote. We just had a primary here in Virginia where about 7% of the electorate showed up. And that, that's, that's just ridiculous. We can't have that. Um, that's not how our republic, um, that's not how we want this to be run. So with that, I want to introduce you to Max Fisher. So Max, thanks for coming, for coming on the show today. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, Max, um, tell for those that may not know who you are, um, tell us a bit about yourself and your district and, you know, why are you running? Yeah, well, basically, I grew up in uh, Kansas, came out here when I was uh, 18 years old. Uh, I came out to school, uh, went to Marymount University for a short time and basically uh, decided that Virginia was the place for me. Um, basically, I've been out here uh, since then and uh, really have uh, spent a lot of time in uh, Herndon and really like the area um, out here. I've really seen it grow and really seen a lot of, um, you know, positive things that happens uh, here in the area when you are actually united, you know, you know, invested in the community. And that's really what, um, you know, I've started to do, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things when, you know, you buy a, a home and you settle down, you realize you really start getting more love <laughs> for the area that you're in. So that's, um, you know, one of those things. So I'm really glad to call uh, Virginia and especially Herndon uh, home. Yeah. So you say Herndon, kind of give us the boundaries of, of your district. Yeah. So like the district eight with the redistricting, it's basically become the town of Herndon all the way up, uh, pretty much a, pretty much a straight line all the way up to just, uh, the outskirts of Chantilly. Okay. And in that area, uh, so that's Loudoun County, correct? Uh, it's all in Fairfax. Oh, all it's in Fairfax. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right on the line. It's basically right f- till about uh, Dulles Airport where Loudon begins, and it's just kind of straight up the line. Okay, because the the reason I ask that is, well, you're not far from what has been the epicenter of the controversy that we've had with schools. Now, there's a lot of issues that we have to face here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, nationwide uh, as well. But we're talking uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia right now. But that area was the epicenter of the 
controversy that we had with uh, with schools and and the you know it really comes down to parental rights and that that started off this whole mess that a lot of people point to and say that it's likely that Governor Yunkin is in office because of the controversy that happened up there. So if you can, tell us a little bit about that and, you know, what do you plan on doing? Because I'm going to throw this out too. I heard something today. I've heard that voters up in that area are not real happy with the governor because they don't feel like he has done enough to address the issue of the school controversy. And, you know, so just if you would maybe kind of elaborate on that and, you know, just kind of give us your perspective on that whole issue. Yeah, I think there's a few things. I mean, out of all the doors that I've been knocking, a lot of the voters that I've talked to in this area, that is and has been the number one issue. You know, you have to understand, you know, this year too, we also have school board elections as well. So that's driving a lot of people to be situationally aware of education being a really a top priority uh, for people. You know, this is, you know, this is a discussion that I never thought that we'd ever have to consider just parents being part of their child's education. And that's becoming the number one issue for voters out here. That's been the number one issue a couple of years ago because here in Loudoun County and Fairfax County, we've had a lot of issues when it comes to parents showing up to school boards and basically being, you know, trying to speak their minds and being, having their voices silent, you know, just, you know, it's the duty of all representatives to be questioned by the voters and by the membership that they represent. And that's what's being silenced. It's the, in a way, it's really just simply the freedom of speech and just being able to be questioned. Look, I don't expect everybody to like everything that I have to say, but what I'm going to do is I'm always going to reach out to the voters and seek input from everybody, people that agree with me and people that don't agree with me. And maybe we can find some sort of bipartisan solution that will be a better you know, solution at the end of the day. And that's really what it's all about, you know, and mental health, you know, is really, really, you know, a key issue with a lot of these decisions that are out there, because as we talked about, you know, during the, you know, years of COVID, you know, doing virtual learning and not being able to interact with people, you know, those have all had significant impacts on everybody, you know, trying to get back, especially in these like early stages of, you know, education. And that's really what is really, really key. And the concern is that, and a lot of people have had about Governor Yunkin not being able to accomplish a lot of things in his agenda is because we have a few seats in the House, but we're also a few sheets, uh, seats uh, short in the Senate. And because of that, that's, you know, the Senate has actually stopped a lot of, uh, you know, issues, a lot of things that the governor has tried to accomplish uh, here in Virginia. And that's why these elections are so, so important because these education issues are becoming national concerns. These are the issues that everybody's going to be looking for this year from all across the country because Virginia does have the off-year elections and all eyes are going to be on Virginia this year. You know, as we go into, you know, the U.S. Senate races, you know, next year, congressional races, presidential elections, these are all the topics that they're talking about. These are all issues that originated here. 
It originated here in our backyard. And that's why this is so important to be able to address these issues. And we need to do everything that we can to be able to support the governor and his initiatives to try to protect parental rights, being able to address these mental health uh, challenges in there. And we need to do everything that we can to seek input from the population and the voters and see what their priorities are. Because there's not been one single household that I've talked to that's not mentioned this is their top uh, voting issue this year. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's the same thing that I've run into. I know when I go in and I'm my district is not far from your district. And I talk to people and I ask them what their top issues are. This is this is usually in the top three and the top three that I hear are crime, uh, drugs, but which is a close second to to what you were talking about with mental health issues. They often go together. And then the education and then the economy is those are really the issues. Um, You know, they they lead us to believe the media is leading us to believe that abortion is going to be the the key issue. Um, That's that's actually not what I'm seeing. And you tell tell me if it's different for you, but I'm not that, that's actually very, very few people have even brought that issue up when when I've been out uh, knocking on the doors. But, uh, you, you know, the school and mental health issues, and I, I, I actually have not met a voter yet that is in support of taking away the rights of parents to decide uh, or having an input, rather, uh, with their children when it comes to gender identity or curriculum or things like that. I, yeah, I haven't met a parent yet that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with uh, the school uh, talking to my child about their sexuality and, and sexual preference or, or sexual identity. And uh, yeah, keep me in the dark when it comes to curriculum. I, I haven't met that person yet. Have you? Not yet, um, because everybody at this point, because everybody's still recovering from the damage that COVID did to everyday life. And those are the issues that, it, because everything kind of stems to the reaction from that, you know, right or wrong, you know, hindsight is always easy to look at, but it's all about how we can move forward together. And the issues that we have with, you know, the amount of gas, you know, the price of the, that we have to pay for gas, you know, the prices that we have to pay for, you know, at the grocery store, all these, you know, issues that are affecting the pocketbooks and how many, how much taxes and all these things that are affecting everybody. Well, this is, this is a problem. You know, if we don't enforce the laws that are on the book, well, what's the point in making new laws if it's not going to be enforced? And that's why, you know, we have to be able to support, you know, law enforcement and being able to try to have the resources that they need in order to, you know, enforce the laws that are there, but also be able to have the moral support that they need so we can actually keep, you know, quality um, law enforcement, you know, on the uh, in the communities. I mean, the town of Herndon has its own uh, police department. So we have a very unique uh, situation, you know, specifically within the town of uh, Herndon where we have a, you know, our own police department, you know, and um, our police chief. So we, we can kind of have a little bit more of a, you know, direct influence and be able to get some more, you know, input just from a very, you know, small town um, environment. And actually they just recently just had a very, uh, you know, big accomplishment here within the town. Basically, they just um, arrested uh, four suspects in two separate incidents, um, basically just following a simple traffic stop. And they basically had a huge uh, fentanyl crisis, um, 
drugs that were actually found. I'm wanting to say it was, I think they said, uh, I wanted to remember, I think, I'm wanting to say it's like 57 uh, fentanyl pills, 15 grams of, you know, other types of drugs and materials, basically nearly $2,000 in cash on top of that. So, you know, it's a, and that was just from a simple traffic stop. So the more and more things that we do that lessen their ability to do their job, well, it makes our streets even more dangerous. And that's the thing. We just have to make sure that the quality of training is, you know, up to par. The laws are actually followed. And I think that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to have a safe community. And there's a lot more that we can do to be able to support our law enforcement to allow them to do that. You know, that's, I think, what's really important. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you say that because, you know, I, I, often, I often do this game. I do it with patients that I work with. And that is, you know, take your situation and take your logic and then place it into another situation but apply the same logic and see if this, this still holds. And what we did with the police, and by the way, my opponent actually was at the forefront of doing just this. She was big on um, defunding the police and Antifa and BLM and all these different organizations that were working very, very difficult to do to really hamstring the the police. You know, if uh, imagine if you will, if you're working in a hospital and Doctor Smith over here is committing fraud or malpractice, and we say, "Oh my gosh, that's a bad thing." Um, you know, Doctor Smith did bad things. Let's just get rid of the whole hospital, it, which is the equivalent of what we did in 2020 with the police departments. Well, the community would sit back and go, "Oh, wait a minute. Um, I understand that bad Doctor Smith is a bad guy." Um, but we kind of need the hospital here in this community. We, we need it. How about instead of shutting down the whole hospital because Dr. Smith is a bad guy, A, why don't we deal with Dr. Smith? And then B, uh, you know, make sure that these, these types of things don't happen again. Let's, let's get the best doctors in here. Let's, let's recruit the best and the brightest. Let's have policies in place. Let's enforce those policies. Let's, let's do all these different things to make sure that it, uh, what, what Dr. Smith did again did does not happen again. But, but does it make any damn sense to get rid of the whole hospital? And, and of course, that doesn't make any sense. But that's exactly what we were attempting to do after 2020. And that's the kind of logic that we need to, to do away with. Now, um, there are things that we can do to make uh, law enforcement the best in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we have candidates. I'd like to think I'm in that category with, with my background to look at training. You know, I, I have an extensive training background when it comes to specifically to, to law enforcement and a law enforcement career. And um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, somebody like yourself understands that, this, this common sense approach. Hey, listen, if we have problems, with our law enforcement, we're going to deal with it. That's leadership. We're going to deal with it. But you don't just throw out the the baby with the bathwater, which is what we tried to do. Because you know who, who hurt the most from that, Max? Um, ironically, we did this in in the with the idea that we were helping minority communities. Ironically, the communities that have hurt the most as a result of this are in fact minority communities. I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know. It, we have a very diverse uh, population here in the eighth district that we have, we have a lot. We have, you know, Korean community. We have, you know, a Vietnamese community. We have, 
gosh, we have, you know, huge Hispanic population, you know, out here as well. But like, you know, here we are, we're actually, you know, at the end of the day, we're all Americans. We all have the same kind of issues. We just need to be able to support everybody. We have a lot of diverse, you know, income levels out here as well. Um, we have a very, you know, low end, uh, you know, side as well. And, you know, an upper end. But we need to be able to figure out how we can support, you know, everybody because, yeah, there are certain things that are, you know, issues to everybody uh, that are affected. And I think those things are really key because we need, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as a, as a Republican, I don't want somebody that wants to vote just a Republican ways. I don't want somebody that wants to vote just Democratic ways. I want somebody that votes for common sense legislation that ends up affecting everybody and supports everybody because we all have different priorities, right? You know, we all have different uh, issues at the end of the day. And, you know, that's what we need. We need to be able to have uh, feedback from groups of what's important uh, to them. And, you know, we need to be able to reach out to everybody and understand where we all come from, you know, from the Muslim population, you know, and understanding those issues you know, from a you know Christian perspective. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say that I know everything what's best for, you know, the Muslim population, but I'm only as good as the people that I surround myself with. And if I can surround myself with experts in every single field, well, that's how we're going to make the best you know decisions for our community. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be running with, you know, you know, two really good, you know, Senate candidates, you know, in my district, basically my district is, is split very evenly between Matt Lang, who was a, a veteran um, as well. He retired from the uh, U.S. Navy, was a Marine Corps and worked for law enforcement. And Julie Perry, who's a school teacher um, in her district. So, you know, we all have you know, unique opportunities to be able to have, you know, those type of caliber candidates along with yourself, like running, you know, as well, that we all bring that experience from there and we can all learn from each other. So, we, you know, we all run, you know, together, you know, as a team at the end of the day where we all support each other because we can learn from each other. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, our community and all of the issues that we all, you know, face is that we need to be able to support each other and we need to understand things because there's a lot of bitterness and a lot of politics ends up, you know, we're so concerned about the political aspect of things, you know, amongst each other that we lose out on the, the only people that lose out is the community. And, you know, that's got to change. That's, that's what we need to change in uh, politics because we need to, you know, reach out and support everybody. Yeah, we, we do. And, you know, speaking of which, oh, you and I are both in Northern Virginia, and the sentiment is that uh, Republicans can't win up here. Now, that's not true. There actually is a Republican up here in Northern Virginia that's in office. That's uh, uh, one of the supervisors, Pat Harity. He's been up here. He's actually been in office for quite some time. So, uh, and that, that is, is actually my district. So uh, there are Republicans that can win. Now, but having said that, uh, I mentioned earlier that in the primary, only about 7% of the electorate showed up, that, which is just ridiculous. Now, if you run the numbers, uh, if, if every Republican showed up, if everybody showed up, we would win. We would win these elections. Oh, it, but, but when you have 7% of the total electorate, and by the way, that's not Republicans, that's the total electorate. If we, could, if we had people show up, 
we would win. So the key is going to be how do we get people motivated? Because when you look at the national scene, you look at what's going on with our country, you look at the crime, the the economics, you look at uh, fentanyl and human trafficking and drugs and all the different things or education, the things we're talking about. If that doesn't motivate you to become involved in selecting the right leaders to to serve down in the uh, in the state house, I don't. Max, I don't know what else is going. What does it take to motivate people to get out and vote? What are, what is it going to take? You know, as we discussed, you know, you have to bring these items to back home. And how have things in the last ten years improved? You know, here in Northern Virginia, you know, is your life better now than it was two, three, five years ago? Of course not. We all know that. And sometimes people need to have a friendly reminder to realize how important elections are. You know, the, the old saying is elections have consequences and that's where we're at. We're at a tipping point where we are trying to decide the direction of our Commonwealth. And we have to be able to energize our supporters and really everybody that has common sense and values our community to realize like, look, all politics is local. These elections are more important than the national elections because these elections have a direct impact on your life, your everyday life when it comes to traffic laws, to all of these other issues that have an impact on your day-to-day education to you know what car you can drive. There's legislation in there that's trying to force everybody to, that's, that's passed is trying to force everybody to drive an electric car, you know, even here in Virginia. We just don't have the infrastructure in place for it yet. I mean, my condo complex that where I live, they basically said it was going to be $65,000 for each uh, charging station. Well, that would completely bankrupt our condo if that was the case. We just, we have to be able to think in terms of solutions for today and try to look at incentives for tomorrow but we have to be able to affect change for today and these are the kind of things that we have to look at we have to be able to encourage like smart growth you know in our communities and basically you know let everybody know these are the issues this is what's at stake this year and getting people out to vote you know we have an excessive amount of time to be able to do that and you know what? We're going to use it. You know, we have 45 days of voting. You know, September 22nd is early voting all the way up until September, uh, I'm sorry, November uh, 7th. And you know what? We need to be ahead of the game. If we just wait till just November 7th, we're already going to be behind. We're behind before we even show up. So why not show up, make sure that your votes count and be part of the solution you know it's nothing nothing's wrong with being able to have a time period of voting early but the problem is is that people do tend to change their minds because not everybody's looking into you know the issues there's so many people that i have that i've met in previous elections just by you know friends and family that tend to change their minds in the last you know two weeks before an election they're like oops i made a mistake you know if i would have known this i wouldn't have done that so and that's part kind of part of the the problem that we're running into it's not that we're 
not wanting people to have access to vote. Of course, we want everybody that's legally eligible to vote to be able to vote. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and there's I mean, a lot of people. It, there's a lot of people that don't like this idea that you, you mentioned that it's right. 45 days, and there are a lot of people that don't like that. They think that it should be a much more narrow window. Uh, but the but the problem is that this was really created as a result of COVID, right. um, and that's not going to change uh, unless we get. If you want, you, you mentioned that elections have consequences. Uh, we're going to keep doing this unless we get leaders in office that will change that and get back to the way that voting was pre-COVID. This, I don't think it was ever intended to to be this way in, in ad infinitum, but it's not going to change if you don't get us into office. And I, I for one, get frustrated, and I'm sure you do too, that you and I go door to door and we talk to people, we make phone calls, and people are frustrated and people are angry, but then the same people don't show up and vote. And we look. We're trying. We we want to get this the Commonwealth back to where it needs to be and improve upon the Commonwealth. But we can't do that if we're not in office. And that's going to be the key. It's one thing to have an opinion, but it's another thing to have an opinion and show up and vote because elections do have consequences. They absolutely do. Oh, absolutely. And you know, this is the kind of stuff that we have. I mean, we vote earlier. That we're one of the top uh, handful of you know states, you know, in the country that votes this early before, you know, and it's not a question of access. That that really is not the issue, and it really has nothing to do with you know. I know a lot of the people on the other side of the aisle that try to, you know, make this to be about oh you know not letting people vote, you know, trying to keep people at home. Well, no, not. Not at all. Tell me, tell me anybody that you know that's eligible to vote. Tell me who doesn't have a driver's license, who doesn't have a photo ID. Well, everybody does. When you go to the post office and you try to, you know, do something or you're trying to go to a notary or you're trying to do really simple transactions, what do you have to show? Mm-hmm. You have to show a photo ID. It, it's just something that's part of day-to-day life. And it's, you know, we can't allow that kind of twisting to happen because that's not the case at all. It's just by them trying to say that, they're trying to say things that you're trying to, basically, it's a slap in the face to the voters by trying to say that you're not able to get a photo ID in the Commonwealth. And that's just not true at all. Yeah, that's not true. You you can't do anything. I, you know, I work at a hospital. Try getting anything done in a hospital without a photo ID. You mentioned the the post office. Getting onto an you know, I know you're in the airline industry. Uh, try getting on an airplane without a photo ID. Let me know how that works out for you. Drive a vehicle without a photo ID. Uh, go into a Seven Eleven and try to buy, uh, you know, cigarettes or alcohol. Uh, you know, the list is is endless. Actually, I. Oh my goodness! Um, you need fo- a photo ID to go anywhere, anywhere to yeah, do anything. You can't, you can't, you can't do anything. Well, okay, and, but you don't need to have a photo ID to vote. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you know, and that's where the elections have consequences. You know, at the end of the day, because you know that is so important. You know, just to be able to protect, you want to secure the vote. Yeah. Well, this is we're going to have to protect the integrity of that because here's the thing. You know, every single year. You have volunteers that, and and thank God for all the volunteers that, you know, want to go sit at the polls, you know, all day and and help out. But, you know, these are not 
experienced experts all the time. Mistakes happen. And and that's perfectly fine. But that's, you know, one of the ways that we can help protect, you know, that process, making sure that, you know, the Department of, you know, Elections has the training, has rules in place where, you know, it's a very simple, straightforward process that we can, you know, make sure that everybody's happy and everybody on both sides realizes that, you know, this is the way to do that. And, and I think there's a big, you know, get out the vote effort, you know, underway to make sure, because I think that's the education that we, we need to be able to be ahead going into election day. And this is how we do it. And, you know, as make, you know, the process is really easy because, you know, here's the thing at the end of the day, we just need to be able to support the laws that we have on the book. If we want to have the change, if we need to address things, there's a process that we go about to do it. And that's what we need to go about doing, but we need to be able to get elected in order to address the issues that are important. And you know what? We need to play by the, the book. You know, if it allows 45 days, you know what? By God, you know, we're going to go ahead and go out and vote. Mm -hmm. And we need to get everybody else out to vote because, you know, in my opponent's election last time around, basically we're talking, I think 29,000 people voted total. And there's 85,000 people in this district. That's horrible. I mean, we know of at least 37,000 people that are known um, Republican voters, for example. And if we simply get all the people that are known to vote, you know, our side, well, that's a significant amount of victory out here, mm -hmm. at least a competitive race. And that's why I think it's so important for people to understand how important these elections are and how we need to be able to talk to people, talk to friends, talk to people and educate them. I mean, I talked to a group last night here in uh, Herndon and every single one of them were, you know, concerned about early voting. They didn't necessarily like it because, you know, everybody's kind of in the old school method of like, you know, you have election day and this, that's the way that it is. But we just need to be able to, but things happen also on election day. You know, let's just say like, you might not be feeling good. You might be, you know, sick, some you know, car accident, death in the family, things happen in life. So, you know, we need to do everything that we can to just make sure that our votes counted. And right now in Virginia, the get out the vote effort is secureyourvotevirginia.com where you can register to be on the permanent absentee ballot where every election they send you a ballot. And that way you can make sure that your votes counted, make sure that nothing happens, you know, until you get there. Because until things change, well, this is this is the life that we have to live. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. It's it's not. There's what we want, and then there's what is, and this is where we are. This is where we yeah. are. And, and and not voting is not an excuse. No, and, and you mentioned securityvote.com. You know, the governor, I like I say, three weeks ago, I was down at this uh, training for the Senate Republican Senate Caucus, and the governor was there, and he talked about that. In fact, I, I think that's the day that it was rolled out, was the day that he spoke to us. And, um, you know, it's for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it like just what Max just said, um, you'll get, a, it's like a permanent absentee ballot. But what's cool about it is it's almost like a UPS or a FedEx package where you, you get the ballot, it, it tells you it's on its way, then it gets there, you fill it out, you send it in, it, it, it tracks it all the way up into the point to where your vote is um, 
is entered and you get notified of that it just just like uh any other package that you get in the in the mail um you know it's a really that's a really good idea it's a and i think that for those that are concerned, I, I actually spoke to a woman today that said she's very, very concerned about people changing her vote. Um, from what I understand, the way the governor um, portrayed this is it's a very, very secure method of doing this electronically. And uh, when you when your vote goes in, you can be confident that that was uh, your vote and it went in the way that you intended for it to go in. So I think it's a good idea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and on the secureyourvotesvirginia.com uh, website, it actually details the process where you can track your request. So you can track your ballot. So it gives you a unique code that tracks it and allows you to track it when it goes back and then when you return it. So mm-hmm. it makes it very clear what you can do. And plus, you can actually bring your ballot back to an election office directly. So there's a lot of options that are on the table to allow you to make sure that your vote's secured because that's really what it is. It says secure your vote and it really is doing exactly that. And that's just just a way to make sure that, you know, look, we, we need to be able to do everything that we can to win. And my district in this area you know, was Republican 10 years ago. And, you know, District 11 was also, before Jerry Connolly got into office, was also Republican. And that, you know, Republican control was almost for 15 years. But where are these people? They didn't move. They're all here. So it's the energy that we need to be able to relay to everybody else and just express like how important it is because for so long, like here in Northern Virginia, you know, we've been told that, Oh, well, it's too much. Northern Virginia is outside of control. You know, we can't, you know, get a Republican win here. And that's not the case at all. You know, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of our races, a lot of enthusiasm for, you know, going forward together. And, you know, by sticking to the issues, I think people are, people are fed up. You know, this is this is no longer a Republican issue, a Democratic issue. This is an issue that we have as Virginians. You know, parents do matter. And at the end of the day, you know, we have to be able to support and get our message out. And that's what we're going to try to do. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And that's why these elections do matter. And that's why everybody has to vote, because if we all vote, we win. That's, That's right. As that. and, and as that. Like you mentioned, you threw the numbers out there. And when you see how few people actually vote, total, total number of votes, and not again, not just Republican votes, but how few people actually show up to vote. If we had all of our folks show up, we win. And so if you're listening, you got to bring not just a friend or 10 friends. You need to bring 100 of your friends, anybody in your orbit that is like-minded with us you bring them to the table. Now, Max, let me ask you this before we close out today. So your opponent, so if you can differentiate yourself from the opponent. So if people um, are voting for you or they vote for your opponent, what what are the differences between you and your your opponent? Can you kind of highlight the big ones for us? Sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest things, you know, for, you know, between the two of us is that, you know, I was born in Kansas. I moved out here roughly in 2002. And, you know, she, you know, lived out in California and, you know, came out here, you know, not too long ago. 
you know, we basically differ a little bit because, you know, she's kind of raised in a, you know, political type of um, environment. You know, she's an executive director of a non-for-profit organization and, you know, has worked with, uh, you know, other political campaigns and, and stuff. And, you know, I get it. But here's the thing, you know, and I have, you know, worked for, you know, the the private sector for almost now, uh, you know, two years, I'm sorry, two decades. And here's the thing. The reason why I got involved is not for any type of political gain. It's because I'm a concerned citizen. You know, I've been sitting out here obviously for a long time and I'm concerned about the direction of our community. You know, I have a vested interest. I have, you know, a condo that I've uh, bought and paid for. And, you know, so I'm dealing with the same issues that everybody else in this area is dealing with. You know, we've seen, we have a long history here in Herndon together. And that's, you know, some of the big differences is, you know, you have somebody that's actually been working, you know, day-to-day, you know, jobs and dealing with public on a, you know, a daily basis. And, you know, when you, are kind of like you have political aspirations and, you know, different gains, you know, you, you just have a different mentality because my goal is not to have any type of gain. I mean, there, there is no, you know, money to be made in, you know, the house of delegates or even the state Senate races, you know, we do this because it's the right thing to do because we do this because we care for our community. And that's the reason why I'm running, why I think, you know, the two of us, you know, differ, you know, on a lot of issues, you know, I believe in local issues. I believe in the issues that affect, you know, our pocketbook. I believe in being a representative of everybody, Republican, Democrat, independent. I want to represent everyone at the end of the day. And, you know, when her messaging, you know, in the last campaign, you know, she wants to be a Democrat to vote like a Democrat. So she's already basically disenfranchised half of her, you know, population saying that she'll never consider any type of bipartisan or common sense solution. And that's a concern. And that's a concern that a lot of people that have voiced their opinions to me, you know, people that are Democrats that are coming out supporting me every day. And they're saying the same thing. They're just, they don't even care about the party. They just care because things are not being done and things that are affecting their pocketbook are, you know, having these issues. And that's, what's really important. And that's what, you know, that's the message that we're trying to bring out to everybody to show the difference between the two of them. Because look, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to, be slinging mud, you know, at her, you know, he, she is not going to be slinging mud at me. I mean, we've, we've talked, we've you know, had a discussion of ideas, you know, in the past, but we differ in the way that we want to administer, you know, our representation. You know, I want to be able to seek input from everybody and I'll constantly uh, support that, you know, I'll provide information and updates all the time. Well, unfortunately her website wasn't even updated until about, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, that's, you know, that's a concern. And a lot of the information was never updated even before her primary campaign, you know, in the last time. So those are some of the key differences in representation. You know, you want somebody that represents you, that gives you an update on everything that's going on, but that hasn't been happening. And that's why I stood up and decided to run. Yeah, I, I really like that because, you know, at the end of the, it's one thing to run for office. It's another thing to be in office. And 
the ideas that we're we're putting forward and you're putting forward are really not Republican or Democrat issues. They're issues that are in the best interest of the community. And we can differ on how we're going to get there, but the, for someone to say that they're not going to reach across the aisle and and work with uh, others and to debate ideas and have that free exchange of ideas, uh, that's that's a problem. I think that that's a real problem because we have to, and we're seeing a lot of that now. We're uh, we're, we're actually yeah. criminalizing um, the free flow of ideas, and and it, there's no debt. There's no question in anybody's mind now that after you know since 2020, um, there were certain viewpoints that were not even allowed into the public realm. And we know where that, that came from, you know, where that, who was pushing for that. And we've got to stop that. Um, and I don't know about you, Max, but that's one of the things that I'm going to really push for in the in the um, uh, house, you know, down in, in Richmond is to ensure that that doesn't, the, the censorship of ideas, we have to be able to have exchange of ideas. You don't have to agree with me, but we shouldn't be shutting ideas down. And it, it seems like the other side, it, it, it's like not okay to not agree with them. Now, I don't know that that's, we've felt that way, but they really don't think that it's a good idea that we have a different idea. <laughs> um, no, you you have to be able to sit down and you have to be able to discuss ideas because, you know, at the end of the day, we really have the same goals in mind. We just see it very differently when it comes to most people on every day. But, you know, unfortunately, the Democratic Party is in, you know, sometimes I feel like a civil war with them with themselves where, you know, they're fighting so much, you know, within their own party that they don't even know what they want to support. It's like a lot of their policies, a lot of their ideas are reactive without really trying to find the actual solutions to the problems. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the difference. That's the difference that we, you know, we're going to continue to bring out um, in this campaign. But, you know, again, there's sometimes, you know, ideas that are brought up by Democrats that are decent, you know, ideas, different solutions. And you know what, if it's a good idea, you know, we'll support it. But that's that exchange of ideas, because normally if we can have a discussion, find where we have common ground, and that's how we can go forward. That's how you find the best solutions to that. And by just saying that you're only going to vote one way or another, just because of who brings it up, well, that's that's not the type of representation that you want to have in uh, Richmond or any political office for that matter. You know, you want to be able to have solutions for the problems that we all are facing every single day. Yeah, I could not have said better myself. And that's fantastic. Well, Max, how can people get hold of you if they want to follow your campaign or support you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my website uh, is maxfisherforvirginia.com. Uh, it's all the words all spelled out. Or you can go on Facebook. Uh, or Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on there. Uh, it's also facebook.com or instagram.com forward slash uh, Max Fisher for Virginia. Oh, wow. That, that's fantastic. And anything else before we go? Any parting words? You know, at the end of the day, you know, we need to be able to vote. And, you know, these elections are so important. All eyes are on Virginia this year. And, our energy this year is going to be our support going into uh, next year. Next year elections are important, but we can't forget that we have elections this year and we need to be able to get involved and support. And, you know, we need to support, you know, also at the local level too. Um, you know, donations are also really important for all the candidates. You know, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, packs out there, a lot of uh, different places that are soliciting for your money. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all have grassroots efforts um, here. You know, all of the money that uh, I think all of our candidates 
you know, especially here in Fairfax, um, all that money goes towards, you know, causes just to be able to get the message out. And that's what we're, you know, trying to do. So, you know, whether it's $5, $100, $5,000, at the end of the day, you know, all that money will actually go towards uh, efforts to uh, get the uh, message and the vote out. That's right. Uh, and, and don't forget, I mean, even a small amount, $10, I mean, listen, you, you, you spend more than that to get a haircut. And, um, you know, but if everybody was given $10, it would help the candidates. And I'll tell you, I'll throw this out too. Um, as much as I would like for everybody to contribute to my campaign and you'd like for them to tr- contribute to your campaign, what I will ask is find out who the, rep- the who's running for office in your district, wherever you live. Please, please, please support that candidate because they need it so much in that district. So if you're in Max's uh, district, which is um, House of Delegates 8 uh, here in Northern Virginia, please support him. Please support him because we need to do that. Yeah, it's great to support others, but make sure you're supporting the person yeah. that's in your district. Please do that. Yeah, we all need the help. Mm-hmm. Well, Max, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. I appreciate you taking the time and good luck to you, my friend. I'm looking forward to serving with you down there in Richmond. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, anytime. And folks, um, once again, this is Mike Van Meter, and this is the Mike Van Meter Show. And, you know, folks, we can do this. Uh, do, keep your head up, particularly here in Northern Virginia. I know a lot of people are, are counting us out, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think people are, are ready um, to get back to normal <laughs> or get back to, you know, we can do so much better than what we've been doing, but it starts with the election that is November 7th. Don't forget, early voting starts on September 22nd, so that's 45 days. Remember, it's not just football season, it's election season. And get out there and check out secureyourvote.com. And folks, we look forward to seeing you all soon out there on the campaign trail. Support us in any way that you can. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or I think it's called X now. All those different platforms. Take care. Bye-bye.